Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. I am Charles here with Christian, Eric, Jen, and Kyle, and hopefully Scott's going to be joining us here in a few minutes uh, to rant and rave about everything that Spurs have done. And unfortunately for all of our listeners, Spurs have actually done business this transfer window, so he actually does have something legitimate to speak about. But uh, starting off, but obviously we're recording on an unusual night for us. Uh, we're recording on a Monday night. Uh, and the reason is because today is transfer deadline day. Uh, the window is officially closed now. Uh, so we are reporting on uh, basically everything that's happened. And, and quite a bit has happened in the last uh, 48 hours in, in the transfer window. So uh, to kick things off, uh, I think probably the, the one of the biggest name moves uh, that we saw was uh, Aubameyang. From Arsenal to Barcelona, who Barcelona, who everybody thought was broke, is has now become uh, the the buyers in the stock market and picking up all kinds of players. Now, not, I wouldn't say they're going out there and, and buying uh, a Galactico style team or anything, but uh, what do we what do we think about this move for for Aubameyang? I'm happy not, for him. Not Kyle first. Anybody but Kyle can speak first. <laughs> I I'm. I'm... Happy for him, hopey, hoping that he gets some playing time in a system that's going to reward him and like let him express himself as, uh, you know, I mean, he can, hopefully. Maybe he can revive his career a little bit, you know, get a fresh start, you know, fresh team, a different style. And, and uh, you know, I, he's always been one of my favorite non-Liverpool players to watch. Uh, so I'd like to see him kind of revive, re- reinvent himself and revive himself a little bit. Christian, any thoughts about this one? No, Christian has no thoughts. Um, not really surprising. I mean, Aubameyang's 32. And I, I, I understand what you're saying, Jen. I, I, but he's, he, he wasn't short of playing time at Arsenal. He was just crap, in my opinion. And I know Kyle's going to agree with me on this, um, mainly because he'll <laughs> agree with it, anything about Arsenal being crap. But I, I don't know. I, I, this feels... This feels like a retirement home kind of visit for him, and he's just going for the paycheck, which I don't blame him for that at all. I mean, obviously things weren't really working at Arsenal, and I mean, if you're going to move somewhere, let's move to a to a to a nice place. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Kyle, Spain what, is amazing. What's that? Just let you know, Spain is amazing. Spain is amazing. <laughs> so, I I agree with you. Uh, he's he's 32 years old. Uh, his biggest asset is his speed and. You know, I don't know if he has the same top end speed that he had when he was in his mid twenties, but I think he's going to a league where he'll still be able to utilize his speed because I don't think the game in La Liga is played as fast as the game is in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going there for a paycheck because I think he's actually taking a pay cut. Uh, I think he was doing whatever he could to get out of Arsenal at mm-hmm. this point because their relationship between him and Arteta, him and the fans, was I think beyond repair at this point, and he wants to play obviously. Um, I think he'll actually do well at Barcelona, given the fact that, you know, he's, he is 32, but he mm-hmm. still has pace in his boots. And I think going up against the back lines in La Liga, he'll fare far better than going up against the back lines in England. Um, I'm not sad to see him go. 
I thought when Arsenal signed him, he was going to be gangbusters, and thankfully he didn't really pan out. So, and Chelsea didn't waste a shit ton of money on him when they tried when they were rumored to bring him in. So Barcelona wound up taking him and Adame Traore, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So of the two, how do we? I mean, do we feel like they're going to get playing time? Do we? I mean, are they completely separate beasts? Like, how's this going to play out? Yeah, I mean, they, they, I think they are. It's two completely separate situations. Um, I don't know Barcelona's squad all that well, but I'm assuming that Treor is coming in um, simply because Dembele is supposed to be going out and Dembele is injured all the time. And so they need somebody who's more reliable to be in the lineup. Now, that will likely equate to some decent playing time for Treor for the rest of the season, but I. <laughs> This is him. This is him failing upwards, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't rate Treori nearly as much as apparently many of the other clubs do. Um, people like to always turn to his successful dribbles, and I, you know, that that's a stat that is it requires something else. Like it doesn't really matter to me if you can dribble the ball up the field to the to the end line, and then there's nothing produced from it. Uh, that's that's like being able to successfully uh, beat a man one v one in the middle of the field. Who cares? I I don't I don't care unless that results in something. And so maybe this maybe this league is better suited for him to do that, and he'll he'll you know create more chances and remember how to cross the ball or something along those lines. But uh, you know uh, it's going to be interesting to see how both he and Obama Yang um, enjoy their new new life among all all the farmers. Right, Eric. I believe is I believe the term is old plumbers. Old plumbers, sorry, not, right? plumbing, farming. I I don't. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't know it as well. <laughs> so I think Triori is going to be more versatile for Barca because he can play a winger. He can play a wing back if they want to play a three back formation. He can play in the midfield, and I do think he's he's a good he's good at progressing the ball forward. He's not good at much else, which is to Charles' point. You know, you can't just be good at dribbling the ball forward if you have no end product, whether it be the final pass or scoring a goal. You're finishing. Um, I think um, I think Aubameyang is going to benefit the most out of moving to Barcelona because they need a striker. Um, so I think of the two, while Triori is more gives Barca's manager more options going forward in terms of lineups that he can play in. I think Obama Yang is going to have a bigger impact. I mean, they lost Aguero, right? You know, they brought mm-hmm. in Aguero thinking he was going to be the cover for a year or two until they potentially made a run at Holland or one of the big name strikers coming up this summer. And then unfortunately uh, Aguero had to retire because of a medical issue. So it makes sense to bring in mm-hmm. Obama Yang now because he can give you six months, maybe a year and a half, give you time to get stuff, get your finances in order, get your team in place, and then make a run at a big-name player. So I think well, it's good business for Barcelona. Traore is only 26. So, I mean, he does have six years, you know. Yeah, and for Traore, it was a homecoming. You know, he he came right. through Barcelona's youth academy. Mm-hmm. And there, I think there is a good player in there somewhere. I just – don't know how you get it out of him because Fair. he's not really going to a, a better situation in terms of the talent around him because Barcelona is kind of in a transition stage. 
you know, I don't think there's a better striker that he's going to be playing with than Raul. And, you know, I think Wolves had a pretty decent midfield. You know, I, I don't think he's leaving a bad situation at Wolves. I just, I don't know. But I, I don't think we can say that Wolves are on par with Barcelona, can we? Not Maybe not pedigree-wise from a history standpoint, but right now I don't think either of their squads are that good. If, okay. if the two, Fair if enough. those, if those two teams matched up in, in the Europa league or something along those lines, I, I wouldn't put it past wolves to win a game. Like it really yeah, wouldn't. The Barcelona aren't, okay. aren't dominant enough for that. No, they're of. in a transition phase. They they're playing a lot of youth players. They're Fair. adjusting okay. to life under Xavi. You know, uh-huh. they didn't start the season with Xavi, you know, they brought him in after the season started. So they're still getting used to his play style, what he demands. And it's just it's Barcelona is not what they're what they're used to being, and I think they'll be back there soon. But right now they're they're just in a perfect storm of no finances, no players. You know, they're I mean, look how they're having to do business. It's by hook or by crook. You know, loan <laughs> yeah, deals, fair enough. having Umtiti take a pay cut, having Obama Yang take a pay cut. Like that's not typical of what we've come to expect from Barcelona. So there were another like a number of other players that wound up leaving the Premier League to go to La Liga. Um, so like Lacelso left and um, Brian, Brian Gill Heedle. left. Yep. Right. Um, hold on. I know there's a couple other ones. Yeah. So, I mean, like what's the, in your mind, what's the transition to, I know one of the things we've talked about is the transition to the Premier League sometimes has a learning curve to it. Um, is there the same learning curve leaving the Premier League and going to La Liga? And if so, what is it? Well, with those, I mean, with those two players specifically, uh, well, with Brian Hill, there, I don't anticipate there to be any curve because I believe he came from uh, a La Liga side. I don't remember specifically which team he came from. Um, with I want to say it's Valencia. It might, it, it might have been. They may have been taking him back on loan because they know him well enough. Um, yeah. But with Loselso, I mean, the, I mean, he's played elsewhere before. I, I, I don't know that there's as much of a learning curve. Usually, the thing that players struggle with when it comes to the Premier League is the physicality of it, um, and mm-hmm. and the style of play and the intensity. Um, but with other countries, what we've seen in or at least the, the, what I've, I've seen the most rumored about is adapting to the lifestyle outside of the game itself and, and training sessions. And okay. uh, it is different. Um, and so that's been the biggest challenge, but I don't, I don't foresee that for either of those two, since they, they, they're not English born. They don't, they didn't come up in the English system or anything like that. So. Okay. Fair enough. So Brian Heal was Sevilla. Was we, Sevilla were okay. we were close. But um, I tend to agree with Charles. I think the learning curve from the other top five leagues to the English, the English league is harder. I think when you're leaving the English league and you're going to one of the other leagues, there is a learning curve because it's a different style of play, but I don't know if it's as severe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Lo Celso is a midfielder. I mean, he's, he's played, he's playing the Argentine national team. You know, it's, I don't think it's going to be a culture. It's not a culture shock for him. One of the things you hear about players coming from the other leagues to the Prem, like Charles says, is culture shock. Because it's just England is so different from what they grew up 
and are used to. <laughs> And, okay. and Los also spent actually he I, I just looked it up and he spent time um at Real Betis. Uh so he has yeah. experience okay. in Spain uh, before. So okay. it shouldn't it shouldn't be as so it's as going back. Day. Right. So moving on to the next uh next I'd say big thing. Uh Eric's gonna love this. This is his favorite squad. Um Everton look <laughs> like they are making moves to try and i mean i essentially i assume they're trying to achieve the same thing that they were trying to achieve when they they brought in players last year a year and a half ago two years um you know maybe not get relegated is what he's gonna say (laughs) well initially initially it's it's not get relegated um but with it seems like you know they're putting a little bit more of an emphasis on um you know developing the team from the middle out as opposed to when they they front loaded that team um when Benitez came in and now it's, it's different. I should say, not can we, uh, first of all, there, can we talk about their biggest acquisition, which would be like a new coach? Yeah. That's where, that's where we're going to start. Okay. (laughs) That's where we're going to start was with, uh, with uh, everyone's uh, favorite former uh, English national team player, Mr. Frankie Lampard after his successful stint uh, at, at Chelsea, you know, he had to uh, take a step up uh, to jump into the into the ranks of Everton. Um, but honestly, he was brought in what two weeks ago? Two was weeks. It, was it two weeks? Yeah. Um, and he comes in and immediately, you know, puts in theory. I mean, they're 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 saying that he, you know, he sanctioned all these moves, but um, he put his stamp on it on there by bringing in uh, Donny Van de Beek from Man United and Deli Ali from Spurs. What, what are our thoughts on, on these two players that theoretically play a similar position? Some apps have not changed the fact that Duncan Ferguson is still in charge. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> like, Fair it's enough. been recent enough. It has. I don't think it's been two weeks. Like, no, I think it's, it's maybe. No, it's, it's, it's come over. It's, it's come out. Uh, it's been finished in the, like the past two or three days. So, yeah, like it's been recent. I think, I think they just recently announced. I mean, it was it was a foregone conclusion, right? So it was announced or broken by Fabrizio Romano that he was going to be the next manager. And then he purportedly contacted Donny van de Beek and then Deli Ali to facilitate their transfers. I mean, it'll be a fresh start for both of them. Uh, it might Which be it's going to be interesting yeah. to see if Donny van de Beek can actually play because – he couldn't get a sniff at United for one reason or another. Um, and we've seen that Deli Alley can do it in flashes and fits and bursts. So we'll see if he can yeah. do it with more consistent playing time. Doesn't he have fitness issues, Deli Alley, sometimes? I thought it was just attitude stuff. I mean, like, or not, maybe not attitude stuff, but like, it never seemed like he was injured. Like, I never remember seeing like there was like a knock or something like that. It just seemed like he fell in and out of the lineup based on stuff that was happening behind the scenes. Yeah. It's, I mean, he had some, remember? some injuries, but no, nothing, he wasn't considered exceptionally injury prone by any means. I think he, he was, he was not playing the way that any of the managers liked. And so he didn't fit more or less into the. Into yeah. The what about Van de Beek? Yeah, was I mean, it just a fit, a system fit thing? 
this is it, it's it's nearly impossible for an outside observer to know and this is because of the the severely limited game time he was getting nobody could see i mean i think what what did in just in his most recent game he got to um he hit some mark on the number of minutes like what was it 500 minutes christian that he reached in the Premier League or something like that. I think it but, was his 50th appearance. Oh, 50th appearance. They were That's celebrating. What it was. Yeah. yeah, 50th appearance. But he had a total of like 180 minutes, which is minuscule. Like, because he would only come in yeah. for 10 minutes at a time. Right at the he, end. And, like, he, and there was like three starts in that time period as well. So, we, you know, when, when you play that infrequently, it's really difficult to determine is the player you know, is the player not fit for the system? Is the player struggling? You know, what's going on? Because you don't see, there's no time for them to develop any chemistry with the rest of the team and show whether they're, they have that quality. There were times where he did really good things on the field. There were times where he looked completely lost on the field as a player is getting into the game with a, with, you know, with a new team. I, I expect some of that on both in both sides. So I feel like we never got a chance to really see, whether or not he was worthy, but two managers, neither of them saw fit to have him come into the squad. That tells us a little something. Now we'll get a chance to see more of what he brings to the Premier League. Um, Cause I think he's going to get plenty of game time under Lampard. Was it a, was it a, is it a loan with an option to buy or is it just a straight loan? Just, just a straight, straight loan. Just a straight loan. Yeah. Who? Allie? No. Donny Van Der Beek. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was going to say, Ali's a permanent move. Yeah. No, well, um, which is fine. I mean, like, I think at this point, Spurs are probably in a good enough place <clears throat> where they're like, bye. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Van Der Beek, it seems like you guys still have question marks at midfield. And so you wouldn't want to permanently lose that as an option to bring back. But at least, you know, he'll get some good burn in the Premier League and you'll be able to more concretely evaluate his fit you're yeah. thinking though jen is if the club was run well right <laughs> and they think about the future and whether or not they want a midfield there has want, to be someone United. even as a secretary somewhere that's thinking these things mm. i don't know okay. you guys you I guys need it. to you guys <laughs> need to jen are you angling these? for a secretarial position at man united is that what this is um I'd be willing to move. <laughs> the Florida's getting way, really odd right now. So yeah. only I'm way United get current. a good midfielder is if you find one that's named Dividend. The Glazers would be all over that. I'm gonna go ahead and okay, I will I, I one of the things I will appreciate. I know we're not like we're not but okay, so since the Rams one and the Cronkies are connected, like all the shit that's been talked about the Cronkies, uh, you know what I mean, in connection to like, oh, look at the Rams. So let's talk about Arsenal real quick, has been just precious to see. Absolutely. Well, I mean, back-to-back years now with uh, owners that own Premier League teams and Super Bowls and allow them to languish in yeah yeah um okay to to although to your point jen um just a little explanation for for our listeners um 
Man United's outgoings during this window, all of them were on a loan without uh, without an option to buy, uh, mainly because uh, Rangnick is on is te- is the temporary manager, and the plan in theory is for him to or for them to bring in a manager over the summer and allow that manager to make the decision on these players as to whether or not to keep them, bring them back, or then uh, sell them or another loan or anything like that. So um, there is a, there is a semblance of organization to it. Uh, but to be honest, uh, I, and this is hundred percent on Christian's point, because I completely agree with him. If the team was run well, they would have recognized that our biggest weakness is biggest weakness for at least four seasons. Now is needing a defensive center mid. And we had no incomings. We sent out, Two, two wingers, strikers, and a center midfielder, and we brought nobody in. So Effective, effectively that... weakening our team without any reinforcement or, or strengthening. Okay, so do you think that was a matter of not being able to identify, like, where did the breakdown happen? Was it business didn't get completed? Was it that there weren't people that, like you identified people and the deals didn't work out? Um, do we just want to burn it all down? And then like 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 a phoenix rise from the ashes? Like, I mean, you are red devil, so you guys can rise from your own ashes. I mean, like, like fire's your gig. So like, how do you guys see that? We can just burn it all out. down to the ground. Okay, just burn it all down. Okay. Yeah. United are about to have a fire sale. This and and we're not even getting fees for people. Lingard's going, Pogba's going. I was gonna assume Van der Beek's gonna go. Right. Ronaldo's are they all at the end of their contract? Cavani's going. Yeah. Yeah, Cavani's at the end of his contract. At least Cavani got to play in front of, you know what I mean? Like your your home crowd. Like that was kind of cool. Instead of leaving and then Martial's leaving. Mm-hmm. Mason Greenwood Martial is unavailable. Left. Did he leave? I thought Martial yeah. left. He's he went alone. to Sevilla. It's alone. But he'll be gone. So, in the we, have, I like so we have significantly weakened our team this January. But we still have Jones and Matt. Hey, Phil Jones. So. And Fred oh. and McTominay. Right. You, you guys. Diana Ronaldo. Still got a shot. Yeah. You guys, you guys sent the, uh, the Phil Jones rumors. Uh, in the chat, and we were pretty excited for for Christian and I, and both of us were sitting there going, "It's not going to happen. Some way oh. they're going to screw this up." And lo and behold, lo and behold, this is this is the best part. the The deal for Phil Jones broke down because Phil Jones didn't get reassurances over playing time. The man who has played one game in two and a half seasons was worried about playing time maybe he just wants some playing time any playing time it was a move to a uh a middle of the road team in france maybe he doesn't speak french (laughs) there's there's there are so many like Smack your smack yourself in the face moments with Man United over the past few years, um, and low, uh, this this transfer window did not uh, did not deviate from that uh, 
that sequence of events for sure. You guys are no. you guys are run very peculiarly. Not, I mean, that's putting, putting it lightly. So the 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 acronym, the SNAFU situation normal. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> let's let's step forward. And uh, and not dwell on on all the. Do we want to talk the... about Tottenham? No, we'll talk about Tottenham in a, in a few. Let's talk about Newcastle. All okay. the uh, all the new money that they've uh, they've brought in, uh, they have. I mean, they got to work fairly quickly um, on on bringing in players as soon as the January transfer window opened. Um, so I'm going to read to you their their incoming uh, list. So, and this is for the entire month of January. The, the last three are within the last 48 hours. Uh, Kieran Trippier from Atletico Madrid. Chris Wood okay. from Burnley. Right. Bruno Guaymaras from Lyon. In the front. Matt Target. Where does he play? From Villa, center Defense. back. Defense. Okay. And Dan Byrne from Brighton. So they Where does have Dan play? Center, center back. back. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they brought in two center backs, an outside back. Chris Wood is a striker. And then I think right. Gwen Mars plays in center mid, right? Do I have that right? Yeah. Okay. They're making moves. They're, they they are. I, they've identified that defense is the problem. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> they are shipping goals and they, they're like, we're going to try and figure out how to stop shipping goals. Um, but honestly, this, the, the thing that is not surprising to me at all is how much this mirrors what Manchester city did when, when their owners took over, they went out, they bought who they could at the time, spent money and, and brought in players and brought in a manager to, to level them up one and then level them up again. Yep. And then it was yep. spend big on top managers. So what we're likely going to see is, is Eddie Howe last maybe through the end of next season. And then he'll leave, and they'll bring in somebody else. But that's a solid manager to write their ship. I mean, you could do worse than Eddie Howe. I mean, could, could, but it's just interesting because who we're seeing on the squad right now, maybe, maybe one of them is around in two years. They're going to start rotating those players out. They're going to start like this coming summer. Yeah, but they've got the pockets to do that. It's true. It's true. They're going to complete. Okay. They are going to essentially burn everything down and, and start from scratch. And and this okay. is the this is the the brief introduction to that. We've seen them make. I mean, they made eleven moves in in the month of January. Um, I would I would would not be surprised if that number doubled in the summer. So. Yeah, I I mean. If you, how would you spend if you had the pockets? You know what I mean? Like, how would you spend if it were up to you and you were able, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not questioning their style. The, the, here's my actual question. This is what I was going to get to. Those names come in, the, the people that they already have, can they even stop being, stop from being relegated? Yeah, I think they can. It depends on how quickly those players gel and can start playing together. I mean, they they bring they brought in players with 
talent. You know, Early experience. You guys, uh, I know Christian won in Trippier for United, and I know he was mad that Newcastle got Trippier. Um, I think Dan Burns is serviceable center back. Um, I, I don't know much about the Burnley striker that they brought in, but he, he can't be any worse than what they had. He's, He's he used to relegation that's, battle. That's the weirdest of all of those, honestly. Of all their transfers, Chris Wood, to me, makes the least sense. That's Maybe not... they wondered what he could do if it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like if he had more of a, I don't know. I don't uh, yeah, know. That's, that, that's the whole thing. I don't know. And, and it's, it seems like an awfully expensive, let's check and see, you know, kind of thing when they need to yeah. actually score goals. Okay, but so looking at this, we know Burnley hasn't played like like 17 of their games, like or whatever. Like I don't know how many games they have in hand. But right <laughs> now, right, the bottom the bottom four are Burnley, Watford, Newcastle, Norwich. There's no reason why they can't be, you know what I mean, like that fourth team up. There's it, like it's totally not impossible. Uh, I'm not Leeds saying close it's... to them as well. Huh? Uh, Leeds right there as well. Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Leeds and, and Everton, Everton are only yep. like right above them. So Leeds is sitting at 22. Everton is sitting at 19. Norwich is only sitting at 16. You know, Newcastle's 15. Watford's 14. Burnley's 12. But like I said, Burnley has like Burnley, four Burnley or has, five games in yeah. hand. Burnley has three games on Newcastle in hand. And four games on Norwich. So, I mean, they have probably the best chance to at least get up a little bit. So, I mean, I think you're looking at your bottom three being Watford at the very bottom, Newcastle, and then, and then Burnley or Norwich on, on the top end. I'm not saying that Newcastle can't stay above. I'm saying. Oh, it'll be a battle. It it will be a battle. And and I, I don't know that they've done enough. Well, okay. But, but, but. This would be the thing is part of the, the concern you have when people go down is, oh, no, they've lost the revenue. Will they be able to bounce back up? Will they have to sell all their players to be able to blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not an issue with Newcastle. They're not going to have to fire sale and, like, sell off all their players and, you know what I mean, be able to all of a sudden afford the dip in revenue. Yeah, like, so... I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Normally, I'd agree with you. But again, when you look at Bournemouth, Bournemouth went down. They sold off Nathan Ake. Um, they have, I mean, they have Gary Cahill at center back, for Christ's sakes. Um, and they're, they're boss in the league right now um, in the championship. So the loss of revenue definitely makes sense because the, the amount of money that's in the Premier League with the TV deal is insane. But there's a reason teams like Norwich and Fulham are constantly up and down and up and down because while they might not have the talent across the board to sustain a premier league fight they have ample talent to sustain the championship campaign so i think the loss of revenue hurts teams more than the ability to sustain the talent and get back to the league and Newcastle, Newcastle won't have that with the managers, right? Yeah. They won't have that with their new owners. And I agree with you on that. But uh, I think whatever teams go down, whether it be Burnley, Newcastle, and one other, I think you'd 
be hard pressed to not see them fighting to get back into the Premier League next year anyway, because it's just they're not going to, you know, they're not going to drop down and all of a sudden have to sell all 11 other players. So. Right. But yeah, that Chris Wood move made no sense to me. I, I don't know what they're going to get out of him. They paid $20 million for him, so good luck to him. Maybe they think Alan St. Maximan is just going to... He got out of Burnley, so... Yeah, and maybe maybe think St. Maximan is just going to cross the ball into him. He's just going to nod him in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why Burnley would get rid of Wood anyway, because he's a decent striker. They're facing a relegation battle of, of their own. We just if they could get so money that for him? That makes, makes I think no that's sense. that's what it is. I think they found somebody to spend double what Chris Wood is worth and they're like you know what let's take the money now yes. we're gonna ha- we're gonna go down anyway so <laughs> yes we'll take it it I'm pretty That's sure awesome. Chris Wood, I think that 20 million was his release clause too mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was even negotiated I think they just paid the release clause mm-hmm. so okay then deal <laughs> I don't know all right so shifting over um Jen, Eric, you want you guys want to tell us about uh, why Liverpool can't complete a deal before the deadline? Why, what's going on? What's your front office doing? So they, the fact they did any business was super exciting, totally unexpected. Um, why are we? Why are we? Why are we leading with that? We should lead with Luis Diaz we, because it's on it, this you know podcast, what? Misery we lead loves with company. The most important st- uh, stories. <laughs> Misery loves company is what it is. Um, in all honesty, like I think the the last deal that didn't quite make it across the line, um, I'm not super worried about it. It sounds like um, the the goal was to allow him to stay um, with his club until the end of the season anyway and have him come over in the summer. Um, we did wind up doing a um, loan deal with Nico Williams. Um, so one of our defenders is going to them. And, and so I, like, I think it's a, it's a good faith kind of situation. I, I think we'll ultimately be okay, but the deal that did get done um, had to do with a young man coming from Porto. That is very exciting. One of the first, um, the first Colombian we're going to have playing um, for Liverpool. So Hamas Rodriguez, is a Colombian that has been in Merseyside playing for Everton or played for Everton. Um, didn't exactly work out like um, I'm sure a lot of people were hoping it was going to, but I think we're going to get another shot of a Colombian in Merseyside. And Eric, do you want to weigh in on what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm thrilled with the move. I uh, It looked like from what I've read, we kind of swooped down over Spurs at the last minute and it's really nice to be the club that does that rather than I know in years past, like when I started following the club, we were having the club, we were the club that had that done to us. So it's nice to kind of re- kind of flip the script and reverse it on that. Um, so far as the actual playing style, I'm not going to you know lie to you said I've seen a bunch of his, uh, you know, tapes on Porto, but I do know that he plays with good pace. He can dribble. He could be a defender one-on-one and he'll just be another nice scoring option. You know, he could pick three out of five now rather than three out of four, you know, and, uh, on another aspect, I think it'll be good for Mane. You know, Mane's been, I know you had in the Reds chat a, a specific uh, metric where he hasn't been as bad as people think. And and the credit's being given to that. I don't remember exactly what that was, but that was interesting to look at. But it, I think it'll kind of push him. You know, we got two options. We can push him to where he was 18, 19, scoring goals in bunches. Um, he's had a great uh, AFCON so far, scored a couple goals and assists, being knocked out. 
poor guy came back and and uh, is okay now. Made the made the semifinals, I believe, with Senegal. So, you know, we have two options. We could he can he can push him. You know, with com- competition, you know, all boats are you know rise with a uh, to the top with a like a rising tide, and he could push him and get back to his form, and we could re-sign him. His contract's up in one more year, and uh, all will be good. If not, then we'll kind of let him go and let him go away and and um, see if Diaz can kind of fill his spot uh, full time. So I think it was a great piece of business and we'll look for Carvalho to sign over the summer um, with Fulham. Like you said, I don't think it's a piece of bad business at all. Um, we lent them Nico and and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I can't say, you know, mad Eric is not mad at, at this. So I, I think it's a good, uh, <laughs> I think it's a good move for the rest of the year and we'll see how, uh, an extra scoring option maybe in the front will, uh, how far it'll get it. So. So I would like the record to state when this was discussed in the chat, um, Kyle was not sure if Eric was happy or being sarcastic. And, and so that, that honestly was one of my favorite moments where Kyle was like, um, how in the world can you be displeased? I I literally, I literally LOL, you know, people put LOL and they don't really mean it. But I literally laughed out loud and my daughter's like, Dad, are you okay? I mean, I literally, because he's like, wait a minute. Now you're complaining that they're doing business too fast. What's going on? <laughs> it was yeah. great, but it was good. It was, it was made by day, but uh, yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what it brings us. And maybe there'll be more business. I've heard there's more business over the summer. We have our new director of player person, player personnel taken over for, um, take it over for um, uh, the outgoing Michael Edwards. we got Julian Ward and Julian took the lead on a lot of these negotiations and done a, done a pretty good job. So we'll see where it takes us. So. And so, who did you guys steal that transfer from? Uh, Tottenham. That's right. Tottenham. Yeah. So unfortunately, Stealing Scott from is Spurs is never not funny. So um, yeah. And so my understanding, Daniel Levy got really frustrated and he was like, I'm going to tell on you to your owners like, I, I don't really, like, I don't really understand how that's, like, uh, I'm going to tattle. I'm, so, I'm telling Someone mom. tells me Dan Levy wasn't very good at comebacks in school. <laughs> the jerk um, store. Or it's, it's gone downhill precipitously from, from where he was at one point. Um, I, I think this is, and this is something that I think all of us, you know what I mean, have, have to kind of wrestle with is you've got you got players on your roster that you know are getting like they're in their like they're in their 30s and you know which totally breaks my heart you know now that I'm past 30 right like you think like hey 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 right just because you know what I mean like it doesn't mean I'm done but like there's there's a reality that you need that kind of next generation next set of of players that are going to wind up stepping up and filling those places and when you look at the the age range of Mane and Salah and Firmino like they're they're 30 getting older and so you're wondering who's in the wings ready to step in and take their places and and that's I think what the cool thing about Diaz and Jota and whoever will be, you know what I mean, coming next. Um, like it's it's just kind of laying the foundation for what's going to be wind up coming up next, which is really cool about the recruitment strategy of of you know kind of what you're looking at is is there a plan is there a long term plan, which I can understand 
as a United fan, like I would honestly feel kind of a little twitchy about the fact that you're like, I'm not even worried about the future right now. Can we just get fucking right now figured out? United fans are numb. So we do you need a hug? There's nothing I'm to sorry. feel anymore. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm All right. Sorry. So let's that was, that was one of the most depressing things I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, you've you've been you've witnessed all of our all of our transfer uh, rants and raves over the over the recent uh, you know windows, so you you can understand why we're in that. Uh, That's true. That I mentality. do have a front row seat to that. Yeah. So I'm sorry. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up uh, tr- transfer or deadline day. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There can we can we at least talk about maybe the fact that we all have people that are coming back healthy. Well, and those can maybe count as new transfers. We, we can, but that's that. I, I was going to get to that. Oh, okay. Sorry for <laughs> carry on then. What I was going to say was in this final segment, we can list our best. What are we? Our opinion: best transfer, worst transfer, or most most surprising transfer, or two of them, or three of them, whichever you want to do. Um, just a chance for you to go around and say, you know, what you really liked, okay. what you didn't like. Uh, and then okay. I was going to go to Jen and say, Jen, why, why don't you tell us about some of these players that are coming Okay, back okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Transfers. Oh, sorry. So, okay, I've got, note, uh, hold on. Yeah. I've got, I've got a really exciting transfer. Okay. So Christian Erickson to Ooh. Brentford, right? Like, we're going to be so excited to see him playing. playing in right so running up and down the field i missed so, i missed that one that's cool yeah so my understanding is right so he was playing in italy italy has rules that they can't be cleared medically if they have some kind of cardiac device that has been inserted to make sure that their heart works um so they were like yeah you got like external hardware or internal hardware like no bueno mm-hmm. so or whatever yeah. How is no Italy has a no cyborg Italian. players rule. Right. Okay. So England Doesn't is care about its players a little more loosey-goosey in their <laughs> um in their medical requirements. And so as long as he met like with the doctors and the doctors are like, yeah, no, you're good. Should be fine. Um, he was cleared. And so the connection. Part of the reason why the deal went through is because of the connection between Erickson and the coach. You guys know what I'm talking about, or am I just the only person that followed this story? I think you're the only one. Okay. So, all right. So the coach is from Denmark and there's honestly a decent size of um, Danish players on Brentford because the coach is Danish, right? And so it it was kind of part of what Erickson's intent is to prove his level of fitness so that he can be part of the squad that plays in Qatar, so for the World Cup. And so the only way he knows he's going to be able to get any kind of legit consideration is if he proves that he can play at a high level and what can be a higher level than the Premier League. And so... Dun, dun, dun. 
Um, we're going to get to see a very exciting um, second chapter. Maybe, I don't know if the number's right, but we're going to get to see a continuation of a story that was super traumatic and dramatic um, this summer. And so it's going to be awesome. And Brentford will definitely benefit from having him on the, the pitch as a central midfielder. Very true. Very true. They couldn't, they, they, it's not going to hurt them to have somebody with that kind of experience uh, and talent for sure. All right. Um, Kyle, best, worst, is. most surprising. Um, I, okay. So my, the most surprising for me, probably Obama Yang to Barcelona, just cause it kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, it was actually a pretty interesting saga. Uh, at one time it was on, and then at another time it was off, and no way there was going to be a deal. Arsenal told him to figure it out himself. They weren't going to pay anything of it. And then ultimately they got it across the line. Um, for me personally, I think the best transfer is Van de Beek on loan to Everton because I do think he's a good player. I'm interested to see what he can do when he's given playing time. And I think um, regular Frank, Lamp- Frank Lampard is a good manager to learn under if you are a midfielder i think frank uh was starting to bring the best out of mason mason mount at chelsea um and i think he'll do the same with van de Beek. um for me i think the worst transfer to me just doesn't make sense is uh in Dembele to Lyon with it was a loan and they had uh, an option to buy for 65 million euros. I don't know what they expect Ndombele to do, that Lyon's going to pull the trigger on a $65 million option to buy. But, I mean, God bless Daniel Levy for trying. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I don't know. I don't really know how that's going to shake out for Ndombele. I mean, he's back in France. He'll probably get more playing time. Uh, but more importantly, $65 million he, option he's to buy. not with Spurs anymore. Yes. I'm sure it makes him happy. Yeah, it makes everybody happy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Any others you want to comment on? No? Cool. Is that just to me? Yeah, I'm that sorry. was just to you. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, there, there really wasn't much business outside of Spurs for the most part, if you think about it. And, I mean, you guys had a couple, but nothing. I don't think anything really of note outside of maybe Obama Yank. So, okay. I'm good. Christian. I would just see if you were going to keep rewriting history with Lampard there, Kyle. No, no, I'm done doing that. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, you know, Solskjaer was more successful than Lampard and he's derided. So, okay. There's cool. something to think about. All right. So, so the look at Kyle getting all petty. So, the biggest surprise of the transfer window is United not selling anybody. I mean, not buying anybody. Shock. Good I shock. think. The biggest, uh, the other biggest surprise is Barcelona buying anybody, period, right? Because they were supposed to be skint. And the fact that they've just suddenly turned around and started buying everybody who were uh, flashes of eyelashes at them is uh, quite a surprise. I think City have bought a really good player in as well from uh, South America. I don't think yeah. he's coming until the summer, but he's a good signing. So. Yeah, he's staying at River Plate through the end yeah. of the season. Yep. So good for them. Good for everybody strengthening their squads this winter and uh, already in the summer. So cool. 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 Oh, 
you know, I did I did forget that Barca brought in Ferran Torres. Now that Christian mentioned that, mm-hmm. they paid fifty million pounds for him, right? And then they had the same issue where they couldn't register him because they didn't have the money. They had to get Umtiti to re um, negotiate to re, his contract, like, renegotiate yeah. his contract. Yeah, to take a somebody's huge pay cut. playing for free, aren't they? Until the end of the season in Barcelona. Yeah, I think. And then they'll get reimbursed then. I think yes. it's one of their captains. I think it's either Jordi Alba or PK or something. Some someone wow. was yeah. dumb enough to do it. I think Aubameyang and Torres are currently like sitting in the parking lot across the street from the Bernabeu, and just like <laughs> or the Camp Nou. Sorry, they're just like just <laughs> waiting. They're like, guys, can we? Are we allowed on the grounds yet? Are we right? Just pay. So <laughs> wild right, times. Eric, what are your thoughts? I think the best the best signing is probably kind of I got to go with ours with Diaz. You know, we needed another option in the front. He fills a, a really great need. We got him. On, I forgot to mention this earlier. We got him on a forty million dollar you know uh, deal with five million dollars add on. I think that's a pretty good bargain for somebody who turns twenty five in, in May and f- just fills a great need. And I got to go with Diaz for the best for the most surprising. I'm going to go with. Did you, um, wait, wait. Did you say you'd never seen him play? Yeah, no, we've seen him play. He played again. No, I've seen him. I said, I, no, I've seen him play occasionally. I don't know a lot about it. I've never seen a ton of his matches. But and and how how did he do when he played against Liverpool? He was one of the more exciting. Like we we did a decent job of controlling the ball, but he was the biggest threat. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I would say that Here he's go. trying to troll. <laughs> I would say the most surprising is is United. Some of the biggest clubs, United, not you know letting all these players go and not really bringing any of you know players to replace them. I was kind of surprised about that. You know what but. though? But I mean, in all honesty, like I can understand if you know that you have a caretaker manager, and right now you're just you know what I mean. Like you you want to take guys that have been on the fringes and see how they do. You can't guarantee, like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming when Pogba's back, you have ever, every intention of using him to the fullest extent. And who? Pogba, Paul, guy, <laughs> French dude. Okay, maybe not. Um, or different segment, my bad. You know what I mean? But, but like, I can understand why they're, they're not wanting to commit a lot of resources in buying somebody that may or may not fit based on what the new manager wants to do and making sure that some of your guys get regular playing time so that you can more accurately evaluate their contributions. Like in all honesty, like it's frustrating because you want to fix problems now, but I can understand why they did what they did this, you know what I mean? In the January window. It makes it makes good business sense. It's just frustrating. It does, but the then you have to spend the money in the summer. They're going to spend the money to, regardless, it, and they've got the money to spend. And you have to spend the money correctly. So okay, that I can't promise. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got tried, gentlemen. Be, I I'll be interested to see what United do during the summer. Yeah, because I think you guys but will I have think... a large roster to overhaul. I can I can tell you what but, we won't do. I, Charles, I don't want to hear. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We will have a season review, um, lighted on fire conversation 
at the end. How about that? Light it on fire. The Manchester United season 21 May- slash Manchester United. Maybe, we'll the reason. <laughs> maybe we can okay. ask Lampard to come in and work with our midfielders. Maybe you could. Maybe. But he's busy. He's busy at Everton. So <laughs> take a rain check. You know what? Give it a, give it a couple of months, though. You might not be busy anymore. Color scheme. <laughs> I'm just saying. He got to color, keep the color scheme. It's the Which second the time I've said part. that. It is. I'm telling you, as a as a wife or a girlfriend, like it is. Can you imagine having to buy all new outfits? <sighs> Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I guess. So I'll the worst go. is probably worst is probably oh. we do worse or no? No. Yeah. Go ahead. So it's best worst surprising. All right. Yeah. If you got yeah. one. I'm sorry, we took that one. Took that one took so long that I thought we had already done all of them. So sorry, I hijacked it. That was my fault. I followed. So the worst is the worst. Probably they've been bringing the guys for years, and nothing ever. Literally, nothing ever changes with those guys. Ever. Your level of optimism is noted. I'm not lying. It's not a lie. Look at the facts. Look at the table. So I'll believe it when I see it. But anyway. Okay. Most surprising or no? I think you said most surprising was United's lack United. of business. United uh, not okay. doing nothing. Gotcha. So I just did. I just did my happy ones, and I. I don't know. I don't have anything to report. So. <laughs> what about you, Charles? Um, I would say that the 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 worst move uh, would definitely. I, I'm gonna go with Chris Wood. I think that I think that Newcastle wasted their money there, but I I'm not surprised. I mean, the team coming in, yeah, it's, that's a. I think that was a that was dumb um, on their part. The best, probably the smartest move um, was City bringing in Julian Alvarez. Um, that was that was a really. I mean, his his prospect is very very high at the moment. Um, he was linked with Man United for a while, and I. I thought for sure that we were actually going to lock up a sensible deal, which was, I mean, honestly, like the, I think the deal was like 17 million pounds. And I was like, yes, jump all over this. The kid's young and he's apparently he's a pro a fairly prolific goal scorer. So um, when we said, no, nah, we're good. And then man city's like cut price and we get to steal it from United. They all right. right in. And yeah. So um, they made the, they made a really smart move pulling that one out. Um and as far as the, the river the plate most... where Aguero's from, I think that was the club Aguero came from too. Is it? I'm I'm not 100 sure. sure. Uh, I mean, it's Argentina, so yeah. And then, as far as um, most surprising, um, the number of players whose names I'm going to put on a list for uh, both Eric and Skiff to pronounce um, <laughs> that come that have come into the Premier League this this transfer window. I uh, I'm I'm. I'm pretty surprised at at how many uh, how many they're gonna mispronounce. My favorite uh, being uh, Wait, why am Wo- I in there? I'm not that bad. Okay. Anyway, as you were saying, Woot Weghorst is my new favorite name in the Premier League. Woot Weghorst, player that came over from Wolfsburg into into uh, Burnley. Burnley. Yeah, into Burnley. <laughs> so um, I officially Weghorst. have a new a new favorite uh, player that I'm going to be following and, and celebrating in, in Jen's face as often as possible. Um, Wood. So yeah. He's from the Netherlands. He's from Wood. the Netherlands. Yeah. Wood Weghorst. Oh. <laughs> I like him. 
pretty excited about that. That was a, that's, that's a fun one. Six, in. six dudes built. Anyway. All right. Focus. All right. I'm focused. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Jen's bringing in the, uh, the important aspects of this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. all right. So, Jen, let's uh, let's move over to our uh, special category of the evening: players coming back from injury <gasps> hey, that could right. maybe be seen as transfers in for certain yeah, new signings. Right. Okay. So, one of the things that um, this is probably the fact that I'm the girl and I'm you know worried about everybody you know having some happiness and and something to celebrate. Um, the reality is we all have some players that are set to return to our active rosters in February that we have been without for significant stretches of time. And so the reintroduction of some of these talents into our lineups, um, I just, you know what I mean? There's, there's some stuff to be excited about. So, um, on that note, uh, do, do you want me to like present the names or do you want me to just, okay. So Kyle James being reintroduced into the lineup, how excited are you to get him back to, um, functional and being part of things. How, how much of an impact do you think his reintroduction is going to have? Um, I think it's going to have a tremendous impact on the style played down the right side of the field. Um, I love Espelicueta. I truly do. We got him for 7 million way back when, but he is far too old and has run way too many miles to be playing right wing back. And um, Reese kind of put that position in a stranglehold this year. He's been playing really, really well. Um, he's, I think at the time he got injured, he was one of our top goal scorers. He's um, kind of like Liverpool's Alexander Arnold in that he can get up the right side of the field. He can ping the ball into the box. You know, he can score. He can do everything. And he um, escaped the injury bug that got Chilwell, you know, he's been out, I think six weeks now he's supposed to be back in time. I think for the club world cup, um, I think we'll see a, an immediate boost in Chelsea's play. If Reese James can hit the ground running. So I'm, I'm excited for you guys kind of saddened for us <laughs> that you're going to be uh, functioning at a, at a, a higher level. But um, I'm excited to see him back. Okay, so Man United fans, Paul Pogba is supposed to be coming back. Are we excited about this at all? Are we completely blasé? Um, have we decided he needs to be shot into the sun? Like, what's going on, Christian? I don't honestly. I just hope he comes back and plays a little bit better than everybody else in the field. Can only be an improvement. I'm sure it will be amazing, and it will lead us into second or third. Win the Champions League, win the FA Cup. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he's honestly he he has a a pretty good like 
backstory as far as like if we're looking at you know what I mean his his list of accolades he's I mean he's accomplished a lot in his career so some of that is definitely possible yeah no come on some of it totally is all right Charles so your take on Pogba returning yeah I uh I concur with with what Christian said I mean as much as we've we've been very down on United uh we still have the talent level at most of our positions to be competing for trophies um we're still in the FA Cup we're still in the Champions League if it I was I was saying this in the group chat earlier if Pogba returns to form fairly quickly and Rashford continues this streak of goals that he was on right before the break then he becomes the lethal striker he, he has been in the past there's no reason we can't pull some silverware this season. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate possibility. Um, Fred and McTominay are going to have to be more than serviceable for the rest of the season, which is a possibility. It's not something I put a ton of stock in, but it's a possibility. Um, The real question becomes, how does this work out? I mean, do we actually move to the, to the four, one, two, three system or whatever it is um, with, no, I mean, do we have Pogba in, kind of an eight situation with, with Bruno in the 10 or Bruno and Pogba playing in, in, in a double eight situation. That's, that's the question is where does Pogba fit in? Pogba was most valuable, most useful when he was playing on the left wing in the, in the early part of the season, that position is not available for him at the moment. So where does he fit? And, and is he going to, to gel with the team when he comes back in? It's a, a giant question mark for us. If he returns to the 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 swaggery Pogba, I like our chances to at least bring home one trophy. Okay, so when is he like? When is his contract up? And if I mean, like, like, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the dude, but it's a combination. It seems like he's a combination of he wants to buy into who he's playing for, right? So, like, playing for France, there's no doubt that he's all in, he's had moments as far as with United, he's had moments where he's all in and then he's had moments where he's not been all in. Um, But if he's playing for Paul, right. You know what I mean? If he's making a case for why he, if he is going to transfer away from United, why he would rate big money, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like, is can you can you play on the whole? You're making a case for big money later, or I mean, what's the selling point for him? I guess. Christian, do you want to take this one? No. Okay. Uh, Pog was Pog was contracts up this summer. Um, he he has a ta- an offer on the table already from United. If he is instrumental in. Uh, helping United to a trophy this season. Uh, I think that it's, uh, I mean, I think he's, he at that point is commanding offers. If United win nothing and Pogba doesn't look very good, I think he leaves in the summer as a free transfer and he'll have suitors, but he doesn't have to worry about any bidding wars other than his salary. Um, He doesn't, you know, they don't have to pay a, a transfer fee. So um I think if we win a trophy, they're United are going to do anything they can to, to try and keep him around. 
that's my my opinion i mean okay i mean i i hope for him and i hope for you guys that he is like you're able to capitalize on all that he can be because he is um as long as he doesn't go studs up on somebody that i'd love um like he's a very exciting player to watch um play and so um all right. So beyond that, uh, Scott is not here to make the case, but we can collectively discuss the fact that Son is supposed to be back. Um, how critical do you think he's going to be to their ultimate success? Uh, massively. In, in all honestly, honesty, um, they have struggled to find form and identity uh, in these first, you know, months under, under Conti. And, um, he, I mean, he's, he's absolutely one of their best players and his, his fitting back into the team is going to be really, really important for them. Um, if he and Kane return to their, the same level of, of continuity that they mm-hmm. had last year, uh, they could be mm-hmm. a very, very scary team to watch up front. Um, but that's obviously comes with the caveat of what, you know, what changes that Conte has made at, are, or how are the changes that Conte has made going to affect Sun and how he plays? We haven't had a chance to really see that yet. Right. So um, it, it could, it could I, I don't, I mean, Sun seems like the type of player who's going to really thrive regardless of the manager. I don't know. He just seems like that kind of person that's very, you know, flexible. Yeah. Um, so I, I anticipate them to do well. I don't think we're going to see any type of a Spurs surge or anything like that. Like they're not going to be shooting up the the table or, or challenging for titles or anything like that. Um, I think at, uh, they're, they have the outside chance of being, you know, Europa League again next season. I don't yeah. even know if I, I don't even know if I see them in fourth. I don't I don't think they make a Champions League spot. No, I, I think. All right. So you said outside chance. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's why I was like outside chance for. I don't even see an. No, I don't even I, see I an outside side. Like, yeah, that's I mean, my opinion. Sun, that's my opinion. Sun ah. is their second or first best player, depending on how Harry Kane is performing. So, I don't think you can overstate how important it is to get him back. Uh, he's a really good player. He he and yeah. Harry Kane linked up really well, like Charles said. So. I think if he can hit the ground running, much like Reese James, I think he'll make Spurs better. Um, and mm-hmm. then game on from that point. Um, I'll be interested to see how he plays under Conte as well, because I know one of the issues that I've seen when he's played Chelsea is he's not one to be eager to track back on defense. And it's cost right. him goals from time to time, specifically against Chelsea. Um, so I'll be interested to see if Conte can encourage him to track back much like Conte encouraged Hazard when he was at Chelsea. Um, so, but I, I don't think you can overstate how important Sun is to Tottenham. I, I, I hundred percent agree. Eric, do you want to add anything? I think Sun's a dynamic player and I agree with Charles and they get linked up. Uh, I see, you know, them playing a lot better and you know, challenging for maybe that fourth, fifth spot, but, uh, Definitely, he's a dynamic player and will, you know, do nothing but good things for Spurs. So, 
Yeah. I, I think if one of the things we could do in the future is like, if you were going to pilfer one player from somebody else's team, you know what I mean? And you kind of look at their lineup. I, I personally, the, his work rate, his, his, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the way that he fits into the system, he's one that I would love to, to be able to pluck. I have no idea how he'd fit into ours. Um, but I do know that every time we play them, he is one of the players that Klopp makes the effort to go up and give a hug to. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know there's some mutual respect there. Um, I'm excited and I miss him in their lineup. Um, he is, um, he's a joy to watch. And so I'm excited to see them back. So for us, Eric, um, the big exciting reintroduction is Harvey Elliott. And so I know over the two-week break, um, right, so he dislocated his ankle, had surgery, um, has been on the road to recovery, and over the past week, he has played in a under-23 match with Wexham. Um, so he has gotten some not full-fledged you know, grown man, um, playing time, but he has had some, you know, some, some actual playing time. And so, um, how do you see him maybe factoring into the lineup, Eric? Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm a big, uh, big Harvey Elliott fan. He could play in on the mid, he could play on the wing. Um, I think he's a great young talent and he scored that goal and assistance. It is an under 23 game at Wrexham, but, or against Wrexham at, at our training facility, but, uh, I'd love to see him back in. It gives us another option. We can ease him along and get him in some of the FA Cup matches. And, you know, maybe if we take care of business and, you know, uh, the first leg of the Champions League, maybe the second leg or or just wherever we can fit him in. It gives Klopp yet another, you know, along with Diaz, another somebody to pick. So uh, so I'd love to see him back and get some some run to the end of the season and look forward to a full season from him next year. But he's a definitely a dynamic young talent for us. Yeah, I, I also am excited to see him back. And if nothing else, I'm just excited to see him healthy and back in, back in the thick of things. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess, Charles, we are transitioning to um, pick him. Are we doing a fast and furious run through what the – all right, so we – don't have any games just to clarify we don't have any games actually until the first well no the last game of week 23 is let's not even pretend like that's a game that's not that's it's burnley it's burnley we're gonna skip skip forward to to (laughs) games from real teams okay oh snap like actually that makes my heart happy so i'm gonna pretend i didn't recognize that that was mean okay so <laughs> that means um so we've got tuesday wednesday thursday so a week a week of week. jen's jen's internet is starting to go a little bit crazy then, so i'm i'm gonna and we will carry on that's, that's fine. okay <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna jump in. We've got games coming up starting uh, Tuesday the eighth. Um, we've got we, so we're gonna have a that's gonna be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday game week, and then a games again that following Saturday, Sunday. So 
Um, in that event, we're going to, we're going to real quick do a pick them for the games in the midweek. Um, and then by our next episode, you'll have uh, the preview for the following weekend games. All right. So first okay. up, Leicester Liverpool. Call someone out. Uh, Charles. All right. Uh, this one's at Liverpool. Yeah. I'm going to go Liverpool Two one. All right. Christian. I don't Liverpool. care about your sport. Like, I don't care. Just the, pick the Liverpool winner. Easy win. My fans care, Jen. My fans care. You can text them individually. It's fine. So? Eric, who are you picking? Liverpool 2-1. Copycat. Kyle. Liverpool. Well, all right. Normally, Kyle, I, at this point, normally at this point, I want to pick the outlier, but I don't want to pick the outlier, so I'm going to go Liverpool. That's fine. All right, Wolves Arsenal. Bum bum bum. No Traore. No Aubameyang. We were going to say Aubameyang anyway, so that's fine. To be fair, if both of them were here, they wouldn't impact the result anyway. So it's addition by subtraction. Kyle, who you got in this one? Uh, a draw. <laughs> okay, Eric, who you got? I t- he read my mind. I too had a draw, actually. <sighs> Christian, who you got? I was gonna go draw, but I'll go West Ham. <laughs> no, it's Wolves <laughs> Arsenal. You can't pick West Ham. Oh, I thought you said West Ham. No, Wolves. Oh man, this is draw written all over it. Nil, nil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> draw, 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 Charles. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think Wolves are just going to be incredibly, incredibly sad um, that they won't be able to watch Traore get oiled up pregame, um, and that's going to directly impact their their playing ability. So I'm going to go Arsenal. That poor okay, oil so coach is talking out of about job. like they're like they are used to the grease, right? Yeah. They're going to be baby, baby oil. Maybe maybe they'll do it in his honor. All of them, all the other players will, will oil up their arms in his honor. What number did he wear? Maybe they'll stop at like the thirty fourth minute, whatever number he wore, <laughs> and just oil up. They'll just oil up their arms. Do a oil guard of honor or something. I don't know. Okay, so you had Arsenal. Um, so I. I'm ooh. um I'm actually gonna pick uh wolves because they I don't know I can't wear yellow anyway yeah sure we'll go with that all right so Spurs Southampton is our next lineup so Christian who you got draw okay. Eric? Spurs. Kyle? Southampton. Charles? Spurs. Spurs. Okay. Um, Next one is Villa Leeds. So we're going to just start to get it over with. Christian, who are you picking? Villa, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Kyle? Villa. Eric? Villa. <laughs> Charles? Villa 9-0. You said what I was expecting <laughs> Christian to say. 
So I'm actually going to pick Villa too. So, um, well, well congratulations we? to Leeds. We're Villa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We've doomed you. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So our final matchup is between Newcastle and Everton. So Everton does have the new manager bounce question mark. Um, Newcastle has all the money in the world. Um, Lots of new signings to figure out how to, to integrate. So how that's going to work out. Um, all right, Eric, what you thinking? Uh, draw one one. Okay, Kyle, what you thinking? Um, I'm gonna go Everton. Okay, Christian. Is this at St James's Park? Yes, Newcastle. Charles? Uh, I think the Newcastle players are going to be uh, bogged down by all the money that's lining their pockets, so uh, I'll go Everton. Okay. Um, I see discombobulation all over the place and just chaos, and so I'm going to go draw. I don't think anybody can figure anything out, and I just think it's it's just chaotic. So I'm going to go Given the position of those two teams on the table, yeah, that could be very, very accurate. So okay, you know that you know the Simpsons episode where they play soccer and they just kick the ball around for ninety minutes, not doing nothing. Right. Exactly. So it's for that. it's like under like under eight soccer where it's just like you see this mass of like jung- my my dad used to call it jungle ball where it was just like and then you just see them kind of follow the ball. Like I I don't know I see that can kind of play out. Um, for for our know. audience not watching this uh, episode, Jen was was making hand signals and motions <laughs> and whatnot that really coordinated better with the sounds. But Jen, what is, what is what is in that cup? Because you are on <laughs> ten right now. Yeah, the last ten minutes have been on fire. Do you really want me to answer? <laughs> yes, you can lie to me if you want. I don't care. Ah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Tell you the answer. Um, Deep Eddie makes a um, red uh, grapefruit vodka. <laughs> it pairs really well with diet ginger ale. All awesome. right. Cool. Very good. Very good. So for those who are not watching, that is a two liter cup of vodka. <laughs> It is it is the very large Whataburger cup. It is so. it is a giant Whataburger cup, and there's a lot of vodka, and there's an eight ounce can of diet ginger ale next to it. So ratio. Being drunk out of a straw, so it all makes sense. <laughs> all right, let me kick it over. I to have Eric. refilled at least once during this. Oh lord. Podcast. <laughs> Panama oh, City oh, rules. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what's going on in the world of football? So one thing, uh, besides football, we all agree on is our love of pets and animals. I can kind of safely say that, I hope. But um, in Bolivia, it's actually a, an older story. It um, was the, at the end of 2020. So at the, in Bolivia, we had a soccer match be- in between in Potosi, between Nacional Potosi and the Strong. It's a weird name, the Strongest. It's a weird name for a side. But the game, uh, about the 50th minute, was paused for several minutes. There's a dog somehow got in the field carrying us a, a, a boot. Ran out of the field and the, the uh, course of pitch invaders, you know, whether it's dog or human, they got to run around and try to chase it. They finally chased the dog to this, uh, to run the field. And 
one of the players actually helped the, the refs pick up the canine and carry it to the sidelines. And so there's a player for the, uh, the club, the strongest, actually his dog just died like last week. So he met with a dog kind of on the sidelines and kind of after the game, hanging out with it. And they actually ended up adopting it. And the fans named him Cachito and he actually went with that name. So he is a proud owner of a new dog found on the pitch in 2020 in Potosi, Bolivia named Cachito. So we, we, we believe here at the five in the back to adopt, don't shop. So there you go. And he did. So. I'll tell you right now, if, if a dog ever runs across our podcasting studio, um, I will adopt it instantaneously. Sweet. Unless it's mine and then it's just No, mine. I'm taking that one too. No, I'm taking that one too. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you could have one of my four cats if you want. <laughs> I've already got enough cats. I, I, I could use another dog. <laughs> You only want mine because it's German Shepherd. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That's a great story, Eric. Uh, I want to say thank you guys. Obviously uh, not our, not our usual night. So it's uh, it's great to come together and talk to you guys about some uh, interesting transfer news. Uh, This is probably one of the more exciting January transfer windows I've, I've seen in a long time. Uh, And I hope that's a lead into a, uh, a really, really uh, hectic and chaotic summer. Um, especially since we're supposed to have a World Cup this summer, but no, it's going to be in the winter, which is going to just completely transform how we see all of next season, taking a break in the middle of the season for a World Cup. Yeah, going to be going to be special. Yay! Yeah, going to be special. Okay. So, all right, thank you guys, and we look forward to seeing you all next week.